Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's Guitar Nerds Gear of the Year! Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Gear of the Year 2020 podcast series. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined by Matt Knight. Hello there. Jay Cross. There. Hello. And Mark Packham. Hello. Now, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, dear listener, you're two episodes in, two episodes into the Gear of the Year podcast series. We've been running this every year since 2013, back when it was the GAK. Wait, are you doing the bass podcast? podcast? You're doing ba- best bass thing after this? That's that's correct. Oh, yeah. what a letdown. What a oh, letdown. No, that oh, is man. not a letdown. No, Better hosts, a, um... more popular hosts. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 completely fair enough. It's just like, I mean... It's like a roller how... coaster, Jay. You've got mm. to go up and come down. But then yeah. you always go up a little bit at the end. But I just, I mean, what else came out? I'm, like... American Pro P bass, I guess. I mean, what else <laughs> is there to talk so about? I, I can't imagine anything really. I don't think. Don't think there's any Fender stuff that we're talking about. What other? Well, I mean, but nobody else makes a P bass, so I don't understand what else you could be possibly <laughs> course, talking course, about. Course, I want to yes, know what yes. DG the Squid is. I'm looking at the list. I'm like, are oh, you not, looking at the list of things? I'm like, yeah. not the Squid, not the Squid Strap, not the classic <laughs> the <squid> Strap, <laughs> not the classic. Um, I've just realised that you glass. have left. So we're just looking at the <clears throat> Gear of the Year uh, podcast notes that Joe has put together. Document. And I've, document. I've just realised that you still left bass spelled incorrectly after yeah, you, I surreptitiously you, you changed, changed it to both. Yes. 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 No, I ch- yeah, bass with an E. Oh, right. Yes. On the end, <laughs> of course. Yes, absolutely. Bose? Bass? <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you All for about that. that base. Absolutely wonderful. But yes, this is the third episode and maybe the most exciting topic for 2020. Um, effects pedals is our category of the evening. Um, obviously, I mean, amplifiers were slightly muted. Guitars was also had some incredible guitars, but there was definitely less that we were maybe aware of this year. Whereas effects have been... Absolutely incredible. Not only have there been a lot of effects pedal releases, there have been a lot of absolutely fantastic, game-changing effects pedal releases this year. I thought you were going to say game-changing because a lot of the pedals I've tried have been game-based. And it seems to have been the <laughs> right. year of uh, drive pedals. Yes, yes. It, it's definitely a strong year for drive pedals. I was thinking earlier about what pedals I imagine 
we'll see in the final stages of this. And I think it, it really is a, a year of drive over modulation or delay and reverb, but I'm yet to see if that will, you know, work its way out into reality. Let me list the pedals for you, dear listener, the pedals that have made it into our shortlist. Now, we won't be talking about all of these in detail. So um, it's a long list. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's the longest list out of out of the shortlist. It always is. It's the longest shortlist. It always is. You're right. Um so so uh Fox Gear this year uh, released their newbie range, which they had their modulation and their delay pedals, uh, modulation multi-effects and a delay multi-effects, both fantastic units, very reasonably pl- priced for um really sort of trend setting excellent devices jhs released their three series which was their affordable 99 dollar range of um simple effects simple chorus simple delay simple drives very very cool indeed the three series now none of us have actually got to try out the three series certainly all the demos and videos you can watch of them online make them look absolutely fantastic and we spoke about this plenty on the podcast about what what a wonderful thing it is that josh scott has released a kind of affordable set of um uh i guess uh you know, from a revered pedal brand, he's released something very accessible for people who aren't wanting all the bells and whistles on a pedal. I think that's very, very cool indeed. Redbeard, um, who appeared last year in our in our countdown with their with their drive, have have released their second pedal, the Honey Badger, an octave fuzz, which was a big hit with us. Thorpe have had both the Field Marshal and the Bunker, the Bunker of which Matt you purchased. Um, as well so we you know we, they're definitely highly regarded pedals for us old blood noise endeavors have reintroduced the black cap but that was a last year release and and i i think more excitingly have introduced the visitor a multi-parallel um modulation pedal uh, which was very cool uh we've had the mxr fod which has been a big hit with both mark and jay uh blendable drive in a similar format to the dookie drive that came out last year that mark was very excited about chase bliss of course finally have the preamp mark ii with its mechanical faders very exciting uh, they've also teamed up with meris to release their reverb in the same automaton housing very exciting. Origin Effects have released both the Bias Trem and the Magma 57. One a drive and tremolo based on Fender amps. One a drive and um, vibrato based on magnetone amplifiers. Very, very cool indeed. Ernie Ball have released the Volume Pedal Junior, um, which has the tuner built into the face of the volume pedal. Very cool indeed. Dry Bell, the pedal that gave us the Vibe Machine, the world's smallest true Vibe pedal, have followed up with the Engine uh, this year, a double preamp pedal, um, which was very lovely. Keeley have released the Hydra, a very topical um, tremolo reverb, which we thought was great. Um, the Copper Sounds have introduced the Triple Graph, uh, a, a collaboration with Jack White. Jack White's second collaboration with a boutique pedal brand after he teamed up with Game Changer Audio last year to release a version of their um, their fuzz. What was their fuzz called? 
The plasma coil. The plasma coil, that was it. But now they've got the triple graph loosely based on their original, um, uh, the uh, the telegraph pedal, which was a, a pedal that you had to use your hand with because it had a, um, a, a sort of a, like a, a Morse code stuttering device sort of switch but it was you know it was really designed for a light touch so they have made a reinforced version of that switch in the same style and put it on a a triple octave fuzz pedal which is very cool indeed um then we have strymon have released both the night sky and the compadre this year um boss have finally um you know made good on 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 the wonderful OC2 by releasing the OC5, essentially replacing electroharmonics as the most in, important octave pedal you can buy. Um, Eventide released the Black Hole, exporting the legendary Black Hole software and you know the Black Hole presets that you could run on that H9 into an, a non-screen-based traditional format pedal. Jackson Audio released the Asabi, um, which Matt was a massive fan of. Yeah, I um, think um, just to add in, I think they also released the Golden Boy this year as well, which we didn't put on the list, Joe. I just remembered, but I think that was also released this year. So a bit of a signature year for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Electro Harmonics had the Oceans 12. Ranger Effects um, released a pedal that you could wee into with the, uh, with the mini bar. In fact, you could put any liquid you like in there. A fuzz pedal that um, that's tone was defined by the viscous nature of the liquid that you put in there. So that's pretty weird. Echo Line, a company that that we're big fans of, of course, back in 2015, one gear of the year with their large box Roadrunner drive pedal, introduced uh, an extended range of pedals plus their Roadrunner um, and Everest drive in smaller. Um, you know, sort of more pedal board friendly boxes for incredibly reasonable prices. And lastly, Boss released the GT1000 Core, a compact version of the GT1000 with all the trimmings, unlike when Line 6 released the Helix in the HX Stomp and it had limited DSP. The GT1000 Core was everything you got in the GT1000 in a far more pedal-friendly um, package. Oh, there it is. That is it. That is everything that we are considering that's made it into our shortlist. Now we just need to boil it down to the things that we all want to actually talk about. Um, so Matt Knight, I guess, as the biggest pedal fanatic out of all of us, why don't you introduce your in first... the world actually, Joe? Yeah, well, in, in the world, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the world, Matt, as um, a man who quite literally sleeps with a pedal board next to him, um, what uh, what is your that first? There's no suggestion? way to talk about Amy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Amy sleeps on the floor. Um, <laughs> very good. <laughs> um, uh, what, what's your first st- suggestion? What, what, what should we start with? I'm going to start with. I'm going to start with the, I guess, the newest um, addition um, in the list for me, uh, and that is uh, the engine from Dry, Dry Bell, the Foundation preamp. Um, so where do we start with this? This is basically um, the classic phrase we all love and know: Marshall in a box. Um, but it actually does a little bit more than that. They're going for the 
non-master volume um, sort of martial um, plexi vibe. So, you know, the ones that you had to really crank to get the, the absolute best sound. So you've got a, basically a dual channel drive. One side is that Marshall in a box. That's your sort of non-master volume uh, vintage um, plexi. And then the other side is actually based on a range master. So range master being the classic treble boost and obviously the two paired together are kind of um, a real... A sort of real dream match um so what's really nice about this what i've really liked was that you can have obviously the first thing you do is turn the gain all the way up oh, yeah sounds just like a really gainy marshall but i actually like having the gain all the way down cranking the level um so it's sort of just like a secondary clean sound it's like a good clean sound just with a little bit of um grit and then use the um preamp the sorry the treble booster to give it all the kind of kick um and gain and what's nice is obviously you can change the order so treble booster coming first means that you get more gain and afterwards means you get more volume but if you want that classic sort of marshall in a box sound this is really good really versatile um you've got a tone and shape control which i, I thought was quite nice for the um marshall side so the shape just kind of sort of it was it, it's kind of like a secondary EQ control. Um, and then you've got a low and high EQ just to kind of tailor off um, a little bit of range master brightness if you want, if you just want to kind of um, smash the uh, the front end of the marshal with more gain. But overall, I thought this was a great, um, a great pedal, especially going into the front of a Fender style amplifier. So you can kind of have your pedal off and that's your sort of nice clean sort of sparkly fender like sound and then you can turn this on and then you just your sort of cranked cranked marshall so uh yeah i was really really into it i thought it was great um, yeah yeah it um it's it's the the, the whole thing with dry bell i think i i found i missed out their middle pedal actually i didn't try that but when we had the vibe machine before the engine felt to me very similar in the it was quite a complicated device you know, light on the graphics, they're very, very simply formatted. Um, what they were going for was tonal variety. And, and like, it's it's the sound of the pedal that's really important mm. to these guys. I um, To me, it feels like, you know, quite often I think when, you know, obviously we try not to be biased with these things, but I often do think, well, if I was going to use it, how would I set it up? What the, what's the sound I'm after? Um, and to me, it instantly screams like setting up a pedal board with just that one delay pedal and, uh, maybe a wild pedal. And then that's it. Then just go and play a gig, which would be <laughs> mental because I never play gigs, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it just felt like it was, that kind of did all the hard work. You just need a bit of a delay pedal and that's exactly what I did. And it sounded great. It's a, it's a fantastic kind of preamp stroke drive pedal i think very versatile i think it's a tough Absolutely. year tough year for this pedal because there have been some wonderful drive and preamps there's a lot of drive pedals um, in fact i think i'm talking the, the ones i've sort of shortlisted are all drive pedals <laughs> <laughs> but yes dry bell have done an incredible job i think the engine is a wonderful pedal and dear listener you could do a lot worse than purchasing this if if that's the sort of thing 
you're after mark packham hello let's there. uh let's let's bust across to you i, I know we're, I'm, I'm being briefer than we would normally be we've got so many pedals to get through and i know the argument's going to be fierce here so um so pitch me one of yours yeah well following on from matt's last suggestion i also want to talk about a drive pedal the mxr fod drive um released this year um and i guess you know i think Last year, we probably talked about the um, the Dookie Drive, which had the concept of, you know, two... Well, you certainly did. Uh, well, indeed. Um, yeah, two uh, legendary amps uh, recreated in a pedal and blendable between the two. The FOD is following a similar template. Um, now, MXR don't say what the amps are. They just describe them as legendary amp, highly coveted amp stacks uh, is, is what they talk about. Um, and it's got similar control out. So you've got the uh, blend between the the two different types of amp. Um, I found one to be a bit like thicker sounding and one was a little bit... Um, I don't want to say fizzier, but like in a, in a good way, it had a, lot, a bit more kind of presence to it, a bit more kind of um, uh, of that kind of spark to it. Um, right. Really, yeah, really simple layout. So you've got the blend control, you've got overall output, you've got gain control, you've got a tone control, uh, and then a flat EQ, a push mid range, or a scoop mid range on a flick uh, switch. On a yeah, on a on a like a flick switch in the middle, like a mini mini toggle. What I found really interesting about the FOD actually is I went into this expecting to be like, okay, well, you know, I'll try it on you know eighty percent gain or something, and that would be the sound that I wanted. The way that I actually ended up using it was to roll the gain almost all the way back. Um, and what I found was it just gave a really thick amp you know kind of marshally amp sound that's um, interesting yeah I, I, it totally wasn't how i was expecting I, I can't actually remember i think i had the blend most of the way round to the right hand amplifier again you know mxl don't really give any clues as to as to what they are um again you know going back to their their press release uh yeah supplies the overdriven power of two highly coveted amp stacks and a single housing um so yeah, uh, and in fact, they said MXR team got their hands on a pair of heavily customized guitar amplifiers of legendary make and model, uh, reveled in thunderous bliss, and then pulled them apart for careful analysis. So, uh, you know, to my ears, it sounds kind of martially. Um, and yeah, like I said, I was really surprised. I, I was expecting it to be like, okay, gain all the way up. Let's do the punk rock thing. Let's, you know, let's, well, let's get so, both the amps firing. So what Mark, surprises I think- me here is... is, is- well, I guess not surprise doesn't surprise me because you ended up rolling off a lot of the drive, but a lot of the demos I've watched for the FOD before, you know, we got it through were people playing metal on it. So so sorry, just to interrupt for a sec. Um I think the reason why you because I really like this pedal as well. I thought this is this was fantastic. And um I was doing a little bit digging on it and actually the, the there's a bit more to it than there appears at first glance. Okay. So you've got the two, um, you've got the two amp, uh, two drive circuits built in there, and the blend. Basically, you've got um, high gain amp and you've got a crunch amp. And when you're with the blend knob, when you're all the way to the left, that's the crunch amp, so you're only getting that. And then when you're got all it. the way to the, when you're all the way to the right, that's the high gain amp, and you're only getting that. Now the gain control and the output control, uh, sorry, the gain control and the tone control. Uh, I think are um, for the um, high gain amp and the um, gain control and the, the yeah the gain and the volume for the crunch amp are actually on mini um, mini uh, I, mini knobs inside the pedal. I didn't realise this at 
all. Yeah, and, so uh, yeah, that weight makes way more sense. So, so basically, the reason that you like it at low gain settings is because what you've done there I is was, you've turned the gain down on the high gain amp. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you've still got the the like preset, the predetermined amount of gain that makes the the MMXR suggested on the crunch amp. That makes and, uh, way more sense. Yeah, because so, yeah. it took me a bit of time to figure it out as well. I, and I, I, I wish I'd done more reading on it because I assumed that it was yeah you're just blending between two amps one's on the left one's on the right you've got an overall gain control on tone okay that makes way more more sense um and yeah i loved it i, I thought it sounded really thick I, I you know i kind of like and now that you have kind of described that jay that completely makes sense because essentially what i was doing was running a nice kind of crunchy amp you know that like classic like you know a lot of um People will do it where they have like a fairly driven amp and then they put like a tube screamer in front of it or something. Yeah, exactly um, that. That's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of the sound that I was getting off this. I could, yeah, there was like a, a really, really nice kind of crunch. And then, like I said, I had the gain fairly low uh, on the high gain, but on the high gain amp, but it was obviously bringing in just a bit of character because I was blending it in a fair amount. So, so that's, um, that's interesting. One thing I will say is I, I much preferred the flat EQ across the whole thing. Like I didn't, the push mids, uh, you know, I can see a use for that. The scoop mids, to my ears, I don't because I'm thinking generally of how things are going to sound like in a band. I can't see the scoop mids fitting in, but I tend to think of that for anything that's got scoop mids on it. I just it it sounds like nice when you're playing it at home or like you know in a guitar shop or whatever. Um, as soon as you put it in the band setting, it's like okay, well, there's loads of bottom end, there's loads of top end. That's where the bass player and the kick drum are, and on the other side, that's where the hi hats are, and your your guitar sound tends to get a bit lost. So. Yeah, I, I I really liked it. I think flat EQ, blend a bit of the high gain amp in, um, and yeah, really impressive little pedal. They're not. They're also not a huge amount of money, are they? They're like no, that is hundred. It's two hundred quid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hundred quid. Which, you know, uh, given uh, yeah. So I'm looking at now. Yeah, street price at the moment. They're like one eighty something like okay. that. And you know, given that it's an MXR pedal. Um, you know, most of their range, I would say, is under that. It's still on the high end of the MXR range, but it did have a really nice kind of feel to it, you know, like a premium type drive. Um, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's absolutely, this is exactly how I expected this to, to go. Uh, Jay and and Mark, this is absolutely a pedal for you. Well, put it put it this way: it's got really simple controls on it, and even that managed to confuse me. So maybe they should have made it even more simple. Going backwards um, in the world of guitar gear, yeah. But but yeah, definitely a really fantastic drive and a really kind of welcome addition to you know the popular market. Um, uh, I guess I should go next, and then um, and then Jay, you can go after me with a with a suggestion um i'm going to bring to the table first of all the redbeard effects honey badger octave fuzz now redbeard effects um they were they were in our lineup uh, last year with their first pedal the red mist mark 4 which was an absolutely fantastic drive pedal again it was a big kind of thick um would you call it martially it was definitely a big, thick drive, which tends to not be my bag of potatoes. But it was, uh, you know, it was uh, it was definitely a wonderful drive that that you guys who like the more gainier side of things were into. Whereas the Honey Badger on the 
on the other hand, is an absolutely fantastic pedal, absolutely up my street. It was up my street because it worked just as well on guitar as it did on bass. In fact, it worked exceptionally well on bass. Now that isn't necessarily how I'm going to try and sell this, but just the fact that it was so incredibly full range and both the fuzz and the octave were able to be as kind of vast, big and vintage-y as... Um, as it was on either instrument, I thought was incredible. Obviously, with Red Beard, you're getting a cool kind of original housing. These things are master built. You know, they're they're designed by not only Mikey Demas, but we've got Adrian Thorpe from Thorpe FX on board with them. This is a this is a brand to be reckoned with, surely. And uh, and then you know, I just love the 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 way the controls worked, having kind of your uh, you know, getting a two-band EQ on kind of an octave fuzz, great. Obviously, you've got your volume and fuzz control. You've got your octave that you can blend in. And then the divide control was the really interesting thing for me, which allows you to uh, to blend between a minus two octave, so a more of a sub-style thing, and a minus one octave, which will be more more direct, I guess, and more kind of what you expect from an octave pedal basically it was like you know i mean i guess that's very oc2 in having the sort of the minus one octave and the minus two octave but for me it felt very much like a, a sort of a pog or you can be a meat box you know it was kind of those those two things and you could blend between being those two things rather than controlling them individually which i found very usable basically if you're kind of into that big screaming vintage octave fuzz i don't know what else on the market i'd buy instead of this you know i don't i don't know if there's anything doing this tone as well as redbeard are doing the octave fuzz at the moment it seems to me to just be the absolute you know the quintessential version of this sort of this sort of tone just just um quickly joe remind me can the octave be on separately or does it have to be on when the pedal is on no it is two foot switch so yes you do you have the option to bring in and out the octave so obviously that divide fe feature is where you are selecting what the octave is is doing whether it's minus one minus two or a blend of both but yes, you have, uh, you know, into a single housing, which I admit is, you know, way better if you're running this through a, a, a switcher. Actually, can you MIDI into this? I don't no. know. Oh, no. right. So so actually you do need to have a, a slender foot to hit that separate octave pedal. But yes, the uh, the the main bypass and the octave are run separately. Um Oh, Not, no, you, just, you weren't asking if you can run the octave on its own, were that's, you? That's what I was checking. Oh, right. Yeah. No, sorry. No, no. So it's the the on-off is either the fuzz on its own or, or the... Or you, can, you yeah. can then switch in the octave separately. Exactly. Right. But you yeah, can't no, run the octave that, separately. That's what I, I was checking. I think... Um, I like it. I think, you know, it was a great sounding fuzz on its own. You know, it's a great sounding drive, but then being able to make it sound just sort of downright disgusting was just great i mean it's you know i i quite healthy. often have a fuzz pedal with with an octave pedal because it just sounds like uh you know not just for <laughs> um, you know, once you played uh, cky like 10 times 
and then put your guitar down and played it again, you know, you start thinking of other ideas. And um, like, can I learn this backwards? Yeah. <laughs> can you sing it backwards? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Like you said, you know, the the two octave goes to that kind of MXR blue box kind of super glitchy, yeah, sort of, you know, bottoming out sort of craziness, and then the one octave yeah. down just gives you this massive, um, this massive distortion sound. Which you know, you look at that pedal and then you hear it, and then you think about Mikey Demonson. The world is good. <laughs> yeah so an absolutely wonderful pedal the red beard effects honey badger definitely a strong contender for our consideration jay cross tell us about your first pick uh so the first thing i want to talk about is um it really it, it we need to take a step back and when i say take a step back what i mean is humanity and when i say take a step back what i mean is leap into the abyss really, I think is the most important thing because okay. the Eventide black hole, which is a uh, an algorithm that has existed for a long time. We've talked about it before. Um, it was available initially as a, as a, as a, on the, the Eventide rack units. And then it made its way into the space pedal, which was a pedal that we talked about a lot in the GAC days as being one of the first kind of really big expensive pedals that started to push us towards this world of limitless expensive pedal world and now it's available in a small pedal with uh presets available and i think this is an absolute banger so uh the thing that i think is really funny about this i was just having a another quick read of the of the press release and um one of the things it says on here is you can control the size of your space from a cartoonishly small room to a limitless universe. And I've got to be honest, I like the sound of both of those things. <laughs> I mean, the, my, my kind of like little office, where my home office where I work now is, I would suggest a cartoonishly small room. <laughs> and um, the the yeah. uh, idea of taking a step outside, just, just like leaving the house, feels like I'm stepping out into a limitless universe. So I really feel that like the, uh, the, the black hole... It is a pedal for the modern day anxiety ridden human. Uh, you know, do you stay in your very small room with not much reverb, but it's nice and safe? Or do you go out into the big, bad, wide world and let the reverberations emanate from you into all of oblivion and then back again? And uh, yeah, I, th I think this pedal's great. It's there's actually a lot going on with it, but it's still really familiar and simple. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is it's great to be able to have uh, you know stereo ins and outs, and it's great to be able to get really in depth in terms of um, your editing and the fact that you've got five different presets on there is amazing. But also, at the end of the day, it's just a pedal with six knobs on it. And you can just set up a sound that you like and then it's just there and ready to go. Um, I feel like they've made it accessible. They've made what was, you know, a complicated piece of software. And, you know, the H9 is too much for me. I, I don't want anything that complement with complicated with that little control, real world control on, on my board. That's too much for me. But this is actually an option. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, we, we, as I said, we talked about like the, the Eventide space um, 
I don't know if that is that still. Can you still buy the space? Yeah, you can still buy the space. Still buy that. It's nearly five hundred quid. You know, it's a lot of money. But we we always have talked about how good that algorithm sound. How good that like Brian Eno, um, just like that that ever expanding massive reverb sound. It's just. Oh, it's just you turn this on and you're just transported to a world of like music for airports. And uh, yeah, I th- I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm a real real big fan of this. It's not cheap, you know. You're still looking at 250 quid or something like that. Um, but in terms of getting something that is a tried and tre- tested, you know that it sounds good. I, th- I think this is a really smart thing for Eventide to be doing. I completely agree. I think the downside for me for this is that it is so tried and tested in that this isn't, we're very familiar with this, with this pedal and this sound, <laughs> you know, it was available on other pedals before, but you know, that, that, that said, you know, what, I guess what effect isn't an imitation. Well, exactly. Of I mean, you, you just, you just, you just talked about, you know, with the greatest respect to Mikey Demas, absolute legend, you just talked about a fuzz with an octave. I mean, yeah, if you, for yeah. you to say, well, this sound is, you know, familiar and we know about it, so is a fuzz with an octave. You know, yeah, sure, sure. Never Absolute, before, no, you're completely right. Never before has the Eventide black hole sound been available on a relatively compact pedal with an easily accessible freeze function. Yeah, well, you know, the two, thing is, is two, you, two different types of infinite reverb on the Eventide black hole, and that, that's that's what I like. Yeah, I mean, what's infinite plus infinite? I mean, we're we're bending the rules of the space-time continuum simply by talking about this pedal. That's what I would say. So with that in mind, before I, you know, shift us into a a, a further realm, I'm going to respectfully take a step back and let you move on. Well, a a wonderful pedal indeed. Matt Knight, why don't you follow up? Give us something to compete with the incredible Eventide Black Hole. Uh, Well, no, because I'm going to talk all about drive pedals. Okay. (laughs) You know, because... You know, reverb, reverb's great, but what you really want is just more gain. What you really want is a is the world's best drive pedal, and I do believe the MXIFOD. That is one of the things that we are yet to talk about on on this podcast. But um, I'll, I'll still I'll hear you out, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about the bunker um, from Thorpey. So. Bit of background, um, Adrian Thorpe of Thorpey Effects uh, has worked and collaborated with a man named Dan Coggins, who now works for Thorpey full-time. And Dan was um, co-owner and designer for a company called Love Pedal. They were sort of one of the first boutique companies, if you will, um, based in the UK. They made these really cool-looking, massive uh, guitar pedals that now uh, reach astronomical uh, sums on the second-hand market. And... um, so not many people have been able to sort of try them and kind of really get to know them. Um, and when Dan came on board with Adrian, they were like, oh, we could redesign some of these and build them with today's technology and understanding and new components and do the things that maybe you couldn't do when you built them in the late 90s. Um, and this year there was two. There was the Field Marshal and the Bunker. Um, but I specifically want to talk about the Bunker, which is the the what they're calling the Mark II version of the legendary Brown Source um, guitar pedal, which is a, effectively a really flexible 
Amp in a box. Um, that's the second time I'm going to say that today. Second, <laughs> potentially, yeah, three times I'm going to say that today. Um, that uh, They say evokes the sound of a cranked British amplifier from the 1960s. And it kind of stops there because... Then? Well, they don't say just a crank, huh. just a crank, a, a random crank amp of the 1960s. That's a bit mysterious. Um, oh, yeah, sound with treble and bass, I reckon. Yeah, sound with treble. Something brown, anyway. Yeah, um, they actually because they already make uh, the gunshot, which is their kind of um, JCM 800, and this is much more like more like a plexi, basically. Um, but what you've got on this that makes it very, very different and i think kind of cool gives you a lot more options for a pedal board you've got volume and drive and tone which you would expect um but the texture control is where it all becomes really interesting this basically totally changes the way the gain clips in the circuit um so you can actually kind of clean the entire pedal up by turning this all the way down or make it more gainy by turning it all the way up but that control then also interacts with how the tone control and the gain control works um so it kind of you can have a sort of standard plexi but then you can add in this sort of extra level of like modulating distortion almost um that does like a that totally changes the way it feels almost like you're sagging the power amp um but for just like that huge sort of just almost you want to play like acdc just some like massive chords through like a cranked marshall um and then they give you the source uh switch uh which is foot switchable uh which bypasses the tone control um completely and obviously by doing that and removing the tone stack gives you a volume boost and brightens everything up as well so you can cut through a little bit more um for solos but in terms of just not only just in terms of a great sound, but just in terms of vibe. I really enjoyed it. Plugged it in today and uh, was running it into my DM2. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And I was like, no, I'm going to run it into my RE201. And I was like, this is the best sound. It just sounded so good. So dynamic with the volume control. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm scrapping pedal boards. That's it. I'm going for one drive <laughs> pedal and one delay pedal. Um, but just really solid. A totally different sort of flavor um, to the engine, the engine was is, was much tighter and, and a little bit more focused. This feels a little bit more sort of rough around the edges, but um, yeah, very very good. So nice to be able to get an idea of what a brown source pedal was like in like 1998, um, but also have the sort of Thorpey take on it, and obviously that nice sort of rugged and unique housing as well. Well, that's so, kind of the thing. The quality that you get out of Thorpey effects is. Mm. Absolutely, is, you know the best in the world, and then that coupled with sort of the legendary heritage. I mean, so many of Thorpey's pedals are designed with Dan Coggins now. Um, yeah, I think um, he's responsible for quite a lot. I think the first one was the, the think, compressor. I yeah, think, I think he did it? some of the compressor, then the Ogin, and then um, now he's doing obviously the Field Marshal and the Bunker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely my favourite. The, the the field marshal was sounded really good as well. That was their take on the big cheese, um, which we also saw. Obviously, JHS had the cheese balls. Um, I think last year, um, yeah. and I and I like that. But I thought this one, you know, since I got that one, and I wanted that sort of marshal in a box sort of vibe, which I've got a few of now. This one definitely has its total own unique character, which I really really like. Yeah. 
Yes, incredibly cool and definitely, again, a really strong contender. Mark, why don't you take us away from this talk of drives and send us on a more traditional journey? I'm just letting you talk, see where that was going. Um, yeah, so you know how much of a fan I am of combined uh, reverb and trem pedals. You know, I've talked about it in the past. Um, I had a Strymon Flint for a very long time, and I really like the idea of classic amp features uh, in in one pedal. So that if you've got an amp that perhaps doesn't have reverb or trem, it's an easy thing to add uh, either, you know, in, you could put it in the front end, but ideally in the effects loop. Um, and you can get some of those classic kind of amp vibes um, off a pedal in, in a, a single pedal. So the the latest take on that and the one that, we're, that I want to talk about today is the Keeley Hydra. Now, the Hydra is a stereo reverb and trend pedal, um, and really the benefit that you're kind of getting with this over some other ones uh, doing a similar job, uh, just the pure range of sounds that you're getting from it. So three different reverb types in there. So you've got a uh, spring, plate, and room uh, in there, and also three different types of trem, harmonic, vibrato, or sine wave. Um, For me, I had to play through all of them. Uh, The spring reverb sounded absolutely amazing, like really, really lush. Um, And the harmonic tremolo is always a winner for me i just love that sound the combination of those two is is fantastic but everything else sounded really good as well and there's there's plenty of room to kind of mix and match those up they are on um individual foot switches you've got reverb and trem both switchable um really what's cool about it is just it goes uh, you know they're, they're talking about it sitting alongside the echoes pedal um which they i think released i don't know if that was this year was that last year that was last year, yeah. Yeah, um, and the Echoes was really a kind of utility pedal for delay and looping, and the Hydra really has that kind of vibe as well in that there's a lot more that you can do with it than than just turn it off. There's presets built in. You've got three presets, so you can save your favourite combination of sounds. Um, every knob can be assigned to uh, an expression pedal, and they're saying that it will also work if you've got... Uh, many of the popular switching systems as well. The, there's features that can be controlled via those switching systems. So really, it will fit into almost any rig. Uh, you know, whether it be something like mine, where I've just got an amp and I could run it in an effects loop, or if you've got a huge switching system, it would slot right in there uh, in a way that perhaps some other pedals doing similar jobs won't do or won't give you the the same kind of control. Um, certainly, you know, things like access access to presets. Um, you also have, I believe, infinite reverb on there as well i believe you can set it up so yeah infinite hold for reverb trails expression pedal assigned to any knob you can uh curiously you can switch the order of reverb or trim depending which one you want to go for um yeah i had a i had a mess around with that and i thought it was really neat a really neat feature yeah i mean it's it's not for me i'll always go you know i'm I'm for my you know classical total effect orders you know it's it's trim into reverb in this case um but yeah i really really like it um you know it's not a super cheap pedal but it's also not super expensive they're 249 dollars uh, i don't know what that works out in pounds right now um but you know again it's 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 more affordable than some of the competition doing a similar job um i was really really impressed by it actually um because i hadn't I, to be honest, I hadn't even looked at it before you sent me a box of pedals to try to do this um and 
uh, yeah, wasn't on my radar at all and was kind of blown away by the amount of things you can do with it and just the quality of the sounds as well. well it's, you know, it's Robert Keeley again, you know, demonstrating yeah. that he is absolutely the granddaddy of, of effects. Yeah, and actually before we before we started this pod, I was actually having uh, listened to the Echoes as well. And, you know, if you were just going to get two pedals to create some really kind of cool vintagey sounds, those two sat together on a pedal board would be an excellent way to um to do it yeah yeah keely absolutely you know as we expect nothing less and i think you know i thought it was an absolutely wonderful pedal as well now fellas i I, i've got to talk about what i think is is not just the best pedal of this year but maybe the best pedal of all of the years that we have ever been making this podcast. And I don't take that lightly in we'll stating be, that. We'll be the judge of this. Well, yeah. Boss, Boss TU3 came out this year. Sorry? It did, actually. Yeah. No, Boss TU3 last came year. out this year. Last year. So the, the pedal I, I want to talk about, and, and the reason I think it's so Im- important is, is going to be obvious when I talk about this. The 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 Everything about this pedal, kind of <laughs> its reputation precedes it. You know, I am, of course, talking about the Chase Bliss Audio preamp Mark II, their collaboration with Benson Amps um, that includes their uh, the mechanical faders on their gorgeously wood wooden side panelled pedal. It completely redefined what effects were. Now, of course, they have also teamed up with Meris and made a reverb this year but the pedal i'm selecting is the preamp mark ii the first automatone pedal to be released by chase bliss this is a game changer i understand and i'll deal with this first i understand that the price is also a game changer in that it's 750 dollars for the preamp mark ii and i think it's near enough yeah sort of 900 950 dollars for the reverb they have move the goalposts of the price of effects pedals but with good reason because nothing has ever been as good as this i love the attention to detail here chase bliss obviously known for attention to detail but the fact that they've taken you know the backbone of the the benton amps uh the chimera in in kind of a preamp with the added um the added mids control from the uh, the parametric uh, parametric mids control from the Condor, uh, a Chase Bliss pedal, and then they've added to that a fuzz with you know a a choice of uh, you know an open or gated fuzz with a silicone or gem- germanium diode, with the with the ability to to flick through presets or run it MIDI so that you're controlling. In fact, you know, even this week, there was an incredible video that came out of someone controlling the reverb via MIDI at such a pace that all the faders were moving up and down, you know, like like it was in some sort of demo mode. Um, the the uses for this pedal are incredible. And when I, when I first plugged this in, I actually, the first thing I plugged this into was a, a bass. And I ran through the presets and my goodness, they sounded fantastic. All of them, all of the presets that were just there out of the box of this particular unit sounded incredible on bass as they did on guitar. And the fact that you could scroll through them was great. Obviously, being able to use them with a MIDI switcher is invaluable. The fact that this can be the first thing 
that you know that your guitar is hitting and then running into whatever else you want and being able to control everything from kind of a, a crystal clean to kind of a mid scoop sound to a fuzz to a drive to a modern gated fuzz it's so incredibly versatile it is genuinely an all-in-one preamp drive fuzz everything box it is your ultimate tone shaping tool and i honestly thought that this was a gimmick the idea of mechanical faders ridiculous well like why would you bother other than you know as a gimmick in the same way that i you know in the same way that ranger effects you know being able to wee into a pedal is is a you little can't bit of a... stop saying yeah that. yeah yeah we should <laughs> that's not the primary no. point of the uh, yes, of that yes. pedal I, I, it I know, just I feels know. like we're we're de- we, it's a very very cool pedal with there's a very very cool idea it, it it is some but... people like Joe Branton. Might be Take drunk. it too far. Take it too <laughs> far. Joe just wants to wee into everything. Can I just wee on this? No, but, but you know, my, my point nonetheless is that I, I feel that that's the selling point of the Ranger effects, whereas I thought the faders were the selling point of the automaton. They're not. It's the tone I, of um, the automaton because it sounds amazing because nothing sounds as good as this. I, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head really um with that that joe because I, I thought exactly the same thing and on the podcast i'm going to admit a bit of a schoolboy error on this joe sent me the pedals uh today which is the day the day of of recording this episode and i was like great i'm going to take an extended lunch break and uh i plugged it in and i've got my demo pedal board which has got a fuel tank power supply and stuff i plugged it in and i was totally whelmed I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just whelmed. It was just a bit like, ah, oh. and and like I said, the faders just felt like a gimmick. I was like, I don't really care about the faders. So I it in, and then I was like, and I text Joe, and I was like, it's very very good. It's very well built. It's very cool. And I was like, I'll plug it in again bef- after work before we record the podcast. And then I actually got the manual out. You know, you know me. Always read the manual. Should have read it first. And um, I didn't realise that it needs at least 500 milliamps. And I was like, oh, the fuel tank's obviously not not powerful enough. Even though it did, oh, even though it did work. And the, and the sliders worked. So the whole thing worked fine. Like, absolutely perfectly. But then when I plugged in a more powerful power supply, it, it changed tonally. Like, absolutely, totally, totally changed. And... Um, I went through the the presets. So there's three banks. So you can have 30 presets on board or 128 of MIDI. Um, and there's 10 built into the unit. And same as you, Joe, I went through those 10 presets and went, every one of those is absolutely usable. To me, the faders are the... the if you were going to sell it to someone, that would be the last point that you would give them. Well, the, because, the faders is actually the downside for me. Yeah, because I, I I, think, I'm um, like, would I commit this to a pedal board? Like, maybe if I only played in bedrooms, yes. But, you know, assuming gigs are going to happen again, if the apocalypse doesn't occur, then I'll need to, I'd need to gig it. Would I gig this? Like, the, the this build is, is, this the is my... kind of rugged though, right? It, it the, looks, I mean, uh, I haven't seen one in but, person, but it looks well sturdy. You're absolutely right, Mark. And and obviously I am actually fighting for this to, to, to win this category. I think it is incredible. But... For me, the downside is the fact that a third-party company have built like a, a cover essentially for those faders because it doesn't matter that it's rugged. The faders are open; they have to be, and liquid can get in those. And my 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 drummer, who 
is a sound engineer saw this pedal when I, you know, I sent them a video and he was like, <laughs> mechanical faders, there is no way I'm letting you gig with that. Because, no, there's no, you you're know, never because gig he's, jokes. I'm yeah, but maybe, maybe, no, 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 he's kicking you out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's um, what's going on there. I'm joining polymath or bass. They're just like, look, <laughs> oh, we right. just need oh, someone so less, less of a nightmare. <laughs> you misheard him, Jay. He said, there's no way I'm letting you gig. <laughs> Thing is, that's mo- what he was saying. Stop messaging me. I would imagine <laughs> most bands are not as uh, over the top as you are. You know, uh, uh, I've never seen you live, Joe, but I've seen videos, and in fact, I've seen, I believe, an entire pint of lager fall onto your pedal board in a video. That has happened. Yeah, I don't think most. I don't think that happens to most bands. I think you, you'd be fine to take this out to gig if you were doing normal gigs. Hmm. I think um, one thing I, I found really interesting, actually, was loads of the presets have the volume cranked. I was like, I can't, I can't have the volume that loud. Like I'm playing at home, but every single slider affects the gain in some way because it's a bit like a, you know, obviously it's a preamp, and those EQs are very, very active. If you turn them all the way down, you get nothing, um, and so you can really go from like super super gated fuzz to just like a make goodera i mean if you only used it for the make goodera setting that's an expensive <laughs> an expensive good <laughs> well that's the um, that's the thing for me is it is it really does do everything from the lightest make goodera to the most ridiculous fuzz and then everything in between every tonal choice you could possibly make this does meaning that the only other things to cover are modulation delay and reverb like this is the complete work um, for the backbone of everyone's sounds and it, it does it better than anything else my my only downside and this is only a personal one is that there's so many sounds in there i just never settle and that's why i like on on my big pedal board at the moment apart from the h9 which i just use as a bit of a swiss army knife everything has just got the one sound I really love, and then I said it, and then I never touch it again. Because they're the sounds that I want. And this, I constantly was tweaking it. Go, oh, this sounds great, this sounds great. And obviously you can recall all that over MIDI, but then you just never get down to like play anything because you're constantly going, oh, this is, I'm just messing around with it loads. Um, and that's, and I found that some of the sounds that I dialed in in the engine and in the bunker, I could also dial in on the preamp, which was, was wicked. But I did just like having that one pedal and it was sort of a, I set and forget. I guess that's however that's very different choice. for the reverb because if we're talking about the reverb, I'd be like, but yeah, of course I would like MIDI it up with a MIDI expression pedal and then have the reverb decay time swell over, you know, a modulated LFO. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, you, if, yeah, it's very very cool for me from a from a bass player's perspective. Yeah, I have like a vintage subby sound a clean sound a slightly driven sound a drive sound a super drive sound two different <laughs> fuzz sounds so that's that's seven sounds already all covered by the that one pedal that's um, just in one verse <laughs> what's a verse sure <laughs> but um, your songs are all verse that's the problem <laughs> yeah, too ten, much verse yeah, if 15 anything. minutes all intro verse, mate yeah. that's, that's what <laughs> it yeah, is yeah it's actually yeah <laughs> whole album of intro that's literally what it is. That's what it is. Um, but but yeah, I just thought incredible, incredible pedal. Anyway, right. let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about some more stuff. So Jay Cross, um, uh, your next one. Let's talk about some modulation. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, so the next pedal I wanted to talk about is uh, the Old Blood Noise uh, Visitor. The what, sorry? The Old Blood Noise Visitor. <laughs> okay, he good. said blood, didn't he? Blood. You, you just saw everyone else say blood that? News. <laughs> the Old Blood Noise. The Old Blood Noise Visitor. The Old... Sorry, let me just... <clears throat> sorry, if you don't mind, just give me a... <clears throat> Can you run that through the um, space, please? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good, yeah. Uh, the the uh, Old... Blood, noise, endeavors, endeavors. I think, yeah. uh, visitor. So this is a pedal that um, is a uh, a triple modulation pedal, but with a bit of a twist. So with the visitor, uh, you have got um, the ability to run. Uh, basically, you've got uh, you've got you go through either a selection of tremolo, chorus, or phaser, um, and then. So you select one of those, and then with that, you've got control over the rate and the depth. You've got control over the uh, regens and um, a master mix, which just you know controls how much your clean signal comes through. And then after that, you've got a secondary modulation, which allows you to switch between either a tremolo or a chorus. With that, you've got a little bit less control, but what I think is really nice is the um, there's a there's a control just called secondary, and that basically controls everything 
on whichever modulation uh, algorithm you're using. So if you are using the tremolo, uh, it will uh, select both the depth and the rate um, and uh, like a few other bits and pieces, the, the volume as well. Um, and what I like about it is those are all basically preset. So people like me, i.e. an idiot, doesn't have to worry about making it sound good because people like Dan at Old Blood Noise, a genius, has done it for me. So that is, you know, really nice. Um, now, the way that I liked having this was set up, and I've realised that I'm going to sound I'm going to sound like Joe Branton here, which I do. I I I need to prefix this. I am sorry, but running this phaser into tremolo, I just I thought it sounded so good. Yeah, I, th- I thought it sounded so good. Like the 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 phaser turned down quite subtly, and then the uh the the tremolo set like choppy but not too choppy. Oh man, I I thought it sounded absolutely fantastic. There, there's a lot going on here, and you can make it sound completely bananas. Uh, so if you're, um, what I found was actually if you if you go tremolo first and then like into the chorus sound, for example, um, it can sound like very mad. But the way that I wanted it was just just like some really nice kind of subtle modulation sounds, and you know you can make it go quite bananas with just just a, a like a, a, a slight turn of the knob. Um, I, I think it's an absolutely incredible incredible pedal. It sounds amazing. It looks amazing. We talked about the the graphics on it a couple of weeks ago about how it's. Uh, it looks like someone kind of looking out into uh, the the landing of a spaceship. And um, actually, when you read the manual, well, not read the manual, but included in the pedal, there is a uh, there's like a cartoon that expands upon the artwork by the artist. And um, there, it's not an alien. Let's put it that way. So I was a little <laughs> bit disappointed about that, but it is kind of weird. And I'm not going to spoil the story for anybody because that is an outrageous thing to do. Um, but it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's wicked. And, you know, Old Blood, always doing something interesting, always doing something cool. Um, the Visitor is a really very, very cool modulation pedal. The parallel choruses for me, being able to run two of them, for me was um, at very slightly different speeds. I thought created my favorite tone, like just a really super rich chorus sound. I was kind of, I was very much like, oh, this is almost, oh, this is kind of the definitive, you know, <laughs> chorus sound. Um, I was just uh, having them kind of cascade over each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I th- I just thought it was gorgeous. It was a really lush. I, I kind of think of it as an incredibly lush chorus pedal that's also capable of other mad things, you know. But uh, well, actually, Joe, you've made me feel a little bit better about myself because the you know the sounds that I talked about there were just basically phaser and tremolo. So I was using this pedal in a completely different way to how you were using it. So you know that's actually quite reassuring. Oh, um, but yeah, no, there, there's there's a lot going on there. It um it when I first got it, although it's quite simple, it like. It looked quite intimidating and sounded quite intimidating, presumably because you had, you know, had your way with it, so to speak. But um, once you once you sit down with it and you sort of figure out where everything is, it's really simple. You can get some really cool and interesting sounds out of it very quickly. Um, you've also got, uh, I did fail to mention that there is uh, an expression in which gives you control over the secondary knob. Um, so I think that's a, that's a nice touch as well. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, very cool pedal indeed. Yeah, it's definitely 
absolutely fantastic and a, a very welcome addition. Matt Knight, um, you need to bring us back to driveness, I think, at this well, stage. Well, I don't know. There's a bit of there's a bit of uh, modulation in this one. The next thing I'm going to talk about, I think, might be my my per- one of my personal picks for my gear of the year. Well, you uh, bought it. Year. I did, uh, which is always a, which is always a good sign. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about Origin Effect. So um, you said at the beginning, Jay. Obviously, they've had uh, two pedals right at the beginning of the year. Nam the uh, the bias trem, and then uh, only a few weeks ago, the Magma Fifty Seven um, Revival Trem. The Revival Trem, yeah, and then the Magma 57. So the Magma 57 is based on a, a Magnetone. Um, so it's a vibrato and drive. Uh, and it's really good, really, really good. And I've got it here and I've been I've been playing it. Um, but I kind of had a couple of things that already did the vibe sound and I didn't gel with it as much as I gelled with the Bias Trem. So the Bias Revival Trem... Revival Trem. The revival trem. Sorry, it does actually say bias <laughs> trem on. The, you've actually written bias trem, which is why I keep right saying ah, bias right. trem. Revival trem. Um, basically, a yeah brown panel um, fender in a box. So the same way that all of the it would dynamically respond and push and pull with the preamp and the power amp. All of that is done with analog circuitry inside and i initially thought that actually it was supposed to just be like a bias tremolo just a really chunky bias tremolo but it's actually much more of a drive pedal and uh, when joe sent me the the unit that we originally got on loan and i plugged it in i was just like it it had m- way more gain on tap th- than i thought and i just I had it a setting and i was like this is one of the best drive pedals i've ever plugged into and then i hit the trem i was like this is amazing it's like having a cranked fender amp in a box but it feels much more amp like um and what i like is the fact that you've got this extra eq control that you can tailor it for what kind of amp you're going into into the front end or you can set it to power amp um and you can run it straight into a power amp so this can be your pedal board preamp and then you could go into like a Mua Baby Bomb or a Seymour Duncan Power Stage or, or even into the straight of a power, uh, an interface. Yeah, go into an um, interface, you straight into your door as long as you're using um, a capsim of, of which mm-hmm. there are you know many very good, perfectly free capsims out there. Uh, I th- That, for me, doubled up with this one. Yeah. It's like this is it's... probably the best recording sort of fender style amplifier the, um, the only annoying well. thing was uh, a bit a bit like i said with the uh, the preamp mark ii there is so many good sounds in it every time i got it on my pedal board i'm like oh, i've got it set like this and then i go to it again and i'm like oh no i'm gonna set it like this because it does great high gain stuff but it also works as a really good low gain boost that actually to be honest if you're going into a really clean app again you can kind of use it like a second channel just on the edge of breakup um and some of the best tremolo sounds um out there it's got a bunch of extra features as well you know you can um tap in the tempo remotely switch on the the tremolo which i think is quite nice um but overall just just a great amp in a box because it is actually an amp in a box um (laughs) so yeah an absolute winner for me it's been on the pedal board since i got it on loan 
uh, right at the beginning of this year, and um, I can't I can't bear to part with it. it this is the thing for for me. The origin effects, obviously, the quality that comes out of them is it is second to none. They're they're putting out some absolutely incredible pedals, and I agree. I thought the bias trem was one of the most remarkable things I've ever played through. Um, it really was extraordinarily good, and I agree. Both the drive and the tremolo were just markably better than any other drive tremolo. It, it's, I mean, it's a premium price pedal. You're paying for that circuitry, for that full analog circuitry. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's about, what, three, six, nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you think, you know, some of the, the price... I, price is just such an, an odd one for pedals now because it's sort of all over the place. <laughs> Yeah. In terms of what, you know, you can go all the way, literally go all the way up to 800 quid. Um, and yet you can get some great stuff for sub 200. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say about the Origin is it feels weightier and more like a weapon than the Automatone. Yeah, you can <laughs> In kill a, a man with, just with, with absolutely, this. Yeah, you know, it is a Millwall brick. It is ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, but it's it's honestly it's it's a great great sounding pedal. I agree, unbelievable quality, unbelievable tone, uh, premium price. But this isn't the you know the the budget guitar nerds. This is the guitar nerds, and that is an absolutely I, incredible choice. I would say in some ways it looks more premium than your top the the preamp Mark II. Oh, I will agree. I was surprised at how lightweight the faders were on the on on the preamp, but I assume that is because you know they're mechanical and they need to be for that reason. Um, now, uh, moving on, um, is it, is it just me now? Is, uh, yeah. And Joe, I've realized you missed one off. Did I? Did I'm I? Not here. Um, the Empress compressor. I did. I did. Indeed. How have you not talked about that? I thought that was like your, you know, one of your things. It, it absolutely is. So, um, I will, I will absolutely talk about that as well as uh the the next thing uh unless uh unless matt wants to talk about it i can talk about that no 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 i think we should let you google frank frantically google the uh empress compressor (laughs) and we'll sit here in silence while you do it no so what what, (laughs) what what have we got left that people want to talk about so the Empress compressor is their Mark II compressor. So, uh, so part of the reason that I guess it, it didn't it didn't make the 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 finished list for me was because it was a Mark II. It's a smaller box version of what was an incredible unit the first time round. They released this as a base version, uh, as as a base version as well as a guitar version, and they released it in two colours, which was pretty cool um and it's an incredible multi-band compressor which which gives you like a an led based um you know the the sort of the the lines that tell you when things are peaking indicator an indicator for both the 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 gain reduction and the input which i thought was was very cool um can i say that i actually got to try this one and weirdly you know normally i don't care about compressors um this sounded really really good i used it uh on a with strat um and sometimes strats with compressors can sound really squashy um this didn't do that this just kind of made it sound really full and bright and pretty much as a strat sounded um yeah i mean uh, if you if you play a strat regularly and you play clean um 
yeah, I mean, I recommend this pedal. It's it's it brought out a ton of stuff that I wasn't getting out of my um out of my strap when I turned it off. It was incredibly transparent as well as doing a great job. I think having the mix control was a you know was an advantage to the pedal for just being able to blend in that. And that's something that we've been a fan of for compressors for some time, mm. just being able to blend in the tone. It just didn't sound it... overly squashed, which is always my pet peeve with compressors. Like, unless yeah. you particularly want that effect, uh, mm. there's no, I don't think there's a huge amount of use for it. It wasn't this, like this... a Dynacomp or anything like that. Yeah, this never got into that territory. It just, like, leveled everything out and just bought some, some really nice sounds out of my Strat. I liked it a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I was in, I must admit, I, I had it with my Nick Cooper, which is more of a Les Paul type thing. And it was a really good, just sort of always on, just just to bring out a bit more brightness, um, you know, sort of tame the guitar a little bit. Um, plus, I just really like looking at the lights. But in terms of, um, in terms of a compressor, I was really, really impressed. Um, or compressed, if you will. Or compressed. Um, compared to some of the other ones that we've tried and 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 liked the same, you know, a lot of things obviously have that parallel um, compression on them now, mixed. But this one just had a couple of extra controls that just made it a little bit more sort of studio grade. Um, That's exactly what this is. Very studio grade as a compressor. Like I it's think not if you a... were, um, you know, you were carrying it around as a, you know, kind of a you had a multi-purpose pedal board and you had a bunch of things on there for different things you're doing. If you're a session player or, you know, you're doing a lot of recording, I think that's a great one to have on your board and sort of dial in and be able to dial in a, a different compressions for different guitars you're using, or you sort of tailor it to the kind of sound you want. Um, I realized that I always used to have a compressor on my board, but then I was leaving it on all the time. And, uh, you know, there's always a natural compression to some guitars and amps anyway. Um, so you kind of, want to use it as more of an effect and this one felt that you could do that and actually everything sounded way better when you when you turned it on yeah um, but it wasn't too over the top like some compressors can be no yeah definitely a, a very good subtle modern sounding studio grade compressor um it was totally awesome now the last pedal we're going to talk about is the boss oc5 octave or one of the last pedals we're going to talk about, I guess. The, the Boss OC5 um, octave pedal, which is uh, which is following from the OC3, which was their super octave. And of course, before then, the OC2, the absolutely legendary um, octave pedal that, you know, bass players and guitarists alike loved, but especially bass players. The OC2 was a, you know, a, a big hit for bass players. And, the thing with the OC5 is, unlike the OC3, I felt like the OC5 was the first time Boss were kind of aware of the fact that the OC3 felt like Boss were trying to get away from the OC2, whereas the OC5 felt like Boss were saying, oh yeah, you know the OC2 is really good, because uh, much like um, a lot of their Wazacraft pedals, it had a uh, it had a little toggle switch that gave you two different voicings. One vintage, which made it sound exactly like an OC2. And bear in mind, this is substantially cheaper than trying to buy a, an 80s OC2. Um, and the other side was a, a, a poly setting, which gave you an octave up, as well as the minus one octave down. Turned your minus two octave down into a range control, which... 
um, defined, and, and this is the same as as was on the Super Octave, the OC3, the range control allowed you to define how many strings the octave setting was applied for. So most commonly people would turn that down. So maybe you just got the octave on your low string and had the rest of your strings clean, as it were. But the addition of an octave up, and it's the first time Boss have had an octave up on any of their OC pedals, well, it, it made it a competitor for you know, the pedal that is on the the most math rock pedal boards in the world, the uh, the Electroharmonics Micropog. And Boss, of course, have long been a favourite brand of, of, of math rock, um, you know, bands everywhere. In fact, I think most math boards would be almost solely made up of Boss pedals if it weren't for the Micropog. So the addition of the OC5... Um, and giving you the option to have an OC2 and a, a Micropog in one box is absolutely incredible. A wonderful addition, an affordable addition. Why isn't it Wazagraft? I wish it was, but I'm willing to put that aside and accept that it is just a fantastic pedal. I have nothing else to say to that, Joe. Very good description. <laughs> um, yeah, I think what was interesting, just you saying OC3, you have to think at the time that OC3 came out, which was 2002, um, that OC2 hadn't really gained the status that it has now, really. You know, early days of the interwebs and guitar forums and... Um, you know, people raving about stuff and watching videos about it and all that sort of just people wanted newer things. Um, and that was, I guess, Boss's, you know, thing at the time as well. But, you know, in the last 18 years, yeah, we've seen OC2s go for two, sometimes $300. Um, so, and I think our technology in the sense of the way that we can model stuff and what we learned from things like the SY1 allowed us to do a much closer recreation of, of an OC2 and then also give something um, modern as well. And I think it's been great, the response from some people that's just gone, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I wanted. And it even feels like, yeah, a step up from things like the Micropog and, and stuff like that. And I've, really really enjoyed it and having an original oc2 and getting my sort of pre-production unit and a being the two i was like exactly the same sound wise feel it's exactly the same so it's like if you want an oc2 you don't want to hunt down an original one uh and obviously the original ones you have to run on 12 volt to get the most out of them um what they're not psa they are aca the old ones are aca so why don't you tell me this i've always run it on nine no, you've got to run it on 12 for the maximum headroom, Joe Branton. Um, they basically, they the, the old ACA adapters were 12 volt and then they charged it down to nine. But to get the best out of it, you have to, those old Japanese ones run on 12. Um, so, you know, a little bit of modern standardization. Um, great pedal. I mean, we've obviously, we've done a lot this year and a lot of different pedals, but the OC5, I think, is a real standout. And I mean, it's 139 pounds. No, 139 RP is 139 euros. So I just think like insane value as well Yeah, for what you get. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, everyone. Do we want to start? Do we want to start boiling this down? Joe Branton. Yeah. I have one more pedal we have to talk about. <laughs> the GT1000 Core. 
No, okay. no. The one pedal which we we talked about obviously on our on our regular pod, um, and we did get sent this, and we have tried it extensively. So, would be unfair not to just. Oh, for sorry, me to have I missed one? It. I've I've missed one. I've missed one of the most important ones. Yes, we want to talk about the Jackson Audio Asabi, um, which originally came out as the L. Guapo, I think was that what it was called. That's right, yeah. Um, Mateus Asato signature, and then it was they. I think they got a cease and desist. I think was the story that we got told. So yeah, I don't to know the it. details of that. They they took it off sale and tweaked it around, changed it, and have bought it back. And um, I've got to say, like. We'll talk about the module side of it in a second. Let's put that to one side because as soon as someone says modules, they're like, I don't want another Line 6 Tone Core. Um, this, as a pedal on its own, is wicked. So this is a two-in-one drive and distortion. So you've got a light, dynamic overdrive with just volume tone and a drive control. And then you've got a high-gain JCM 800 style um, on the other, which has got a full active EQ so you can boost and cut uh, as well as a presence and a gain control. And straight out of the box, you can just start turning them on and off and combining them and you can run them separately and that's all great. But then it really becomes loads of fun when you start messing around with the clipping options. So you've got four different clipping options for both sides. Um, So think basically Marshall, uh, Tube Screamer, uh, King of Tone, they all run on different clipping options and you can run those kind of um, clipping options with each side and they can be set differently. Um, and it just really opens up the pedal because you can change the way that the overdrive runs into the distortion. You can change how the distortion sounds. And uh, they also then give you a gain cycle, which means when you hit both together, oh, this is the um, best bit. it goes between 25%, 50%, 75%, and 100% of where you set the gain control. Think about that. Um, that is so usable. Yeah. Yeah, and they then give you uh, MIDI. So all of that's then controllable over MIDI. So again, it's a lot going on in one box and compared to something like obviously the Automaton, which is really big, uh, this is just a normal, you know, not much bigger than a sort of boss pedal. Um, And then you get into obviously the modular side of it, uh, which is the fact that they've got a very, very simple um, pedal board or modular uh, chipset that you can swap out and swap in different ones and um, oh. there's only one at the moment. This is the, It's got the large mouse, uh, which is their, is their rat. And I've got to say that I got absolutely lost with that module in and this pedal. I was like, this does everything I want a fuzz pedal to do. It does everything I want a drive pedal to do and the drive sound. And sure, there's a lot of options. So once I'd found the kind of clipping mode I like, I tend to stick to it. Um, you know, once I found the sort of gain that I liked, I sort of stuck to it. Um, but in terms of just really dialing in and honing in some sounds, I thought this thing was absolutely wicked. And to me, a real keeper, I think. Uh, I text Jeremy, I was like, are we allowed to keep this? Because I kind of want to put it on my pedal board. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> wicked. Plus, I like the fact that it's... We we talked about this on the regular pod, but uh, it's almost like Vanta Black. It's like a really black, black... And it's like matte, and it just looks wicked. It, uh, the presentation the of this pedal is fantastic. The build quality is fantastic. It's a lot of pro-looking pedals. Well, I think Jackson Audio, in general, are a pedal that are going to continue to do very well on lists like this. I thought the modular thing was absolutely fantastic 
fantastic. The addition of a Proco rat that's actually made well <laughs> was uh, was was quite nice for me. I thought I mean, that was very cool. Look, you're never going to change the modules out every time you pick up the guitar. You're just not going to do it. You're going to no, find the module sure. that you like and you're going to stick with it. Um, I don't think they're trying to pitch it like those old Line 6 ones where you're like, oh, you've got a bag of all your modules and then you, you swap them in for your pedal boards. And, you know, brands have been doing that since the late uh, the early 90s um i think this is much more about setting the pedal up how you want it and then just sort of going that's how i'm gonna leave it you know and if you want a jcm 800 you can have jcm 100 if you want a rat you can have a rat and i don't think you're necessarily going to keep swapping those those two out i i think there are a few pedals in this list that are markably more advanced and more part of the new world of effects pedals than some of the others does feel like with uh that some of these brands and and guitar pedals in general seem to have kind of yeah taken the next there's the definitely next an evolution there's a there's a difference here between the unevolved and the evolved pedals here yeah. there's a lot more technology going into to what people are making now and yeah i think it's uh this year's been a, actually been a really good year for pedal releases and it's nice to go through this list and go oh, that's some really good stuff this year some really yeah good stuff yeah there are some fantastic things so those are that is a rough list of the main things, the things that we are most interested in. Boys, we need to boil this <laughs> this down to a top five, then a top two, then a winner. Which ones do we feel most passionate about, I would say? Like going like round is, the table. Is that the way you think we should do it? Well, first? yeah, I think so, because most you know, everything's least, yeah. everything's really good and I think yeah, everyone's talked talked talk about well, them. Always in, better in to depth. keep things positive rather yeah. than negative ideas. Yeah, yeah, as totally. Well. I know I think that. Like for me, uh, the FOD, I think, needs to be on there because, uh, yeah, for me, uh, it was just a great drive pedal that would fit into a whole bunch of different scenarios. I think, Jay, you probably would agree with that as well. I feel I like there's some there's For some me, the, the FOD is it. one of the things that doesn't stand up against some of the other pedals that I feel have made. Things like the Asabi and the... Uh, the automaton that have that have made real advances in how to achieve this. The the is FOD that what, is represents that what the, the old. Is that God. the criteria though? That's no, never well, been the criteria no, exactly. before. No, and I and I was going to supplement that by saying it it doesn't really matter because both of you really like that pedal. Mm. I'm just saying for for and and no, you're absolutely right. It totally doesn't have to be the criteria for me. I feel like this year. As I just mentioned, I've seen these pedals that I feel are advancing the whole concept of pedals. So I'm going to back those because I feel like they're changing the game rather than backing, you know, another a, another drive pedal. I'm sure MXR will release another combined drive pedal next year. And, and you know, it, it's that's almost not fair but i i i mean i i feel like that's it's a very good pedal that exists in the current format whereas i think things like the asabi the automaton um, i just I, are, ultimately are real I, progressions ultimately i look at the list and i go okay which of these would i play and i'd well, play that's, i'd, I'd that's, play the fod and i'd play the keely hydra <laughs> that's you know. it and that's the, that's kind of the shame of it because i'm kind of looking at it as from a more global sort of what's what's progressing everything but we all get to choose our own criteria and so i think because the two of you um, are big fans of the FOD. I shouldn't, I'm certainly not going to try and dissuade you from it. Um, I think I'll, I'll as hi- you were both... I'll highlight it in the so list. Um, Why I'm, not I, highlight it? I'm a bit gutted that that's the one I didn't get to try because I've tried a lot of the game pedals and I've mm. talked about four, you know, in this uh, in this shortlist. So yeah. it's a shame that I couldn't put that up against some of the other ones I've tried. I mean, a real... 
the, the preamp, the bias trim, and the Asabi for me are are three that I think are remarkably, incredibly premium pedals. Um, that I mean, I, I feel that I want to put the Thorpe in there, but at the same time, like I said, it's that I'm coming at it the same angle as you, Joe. Is this that feels like there's a new level of pedals i mean the the automatones sort of opened the floodgates in terms of what people could charge for a pedal i mean obviously that i think the price in it is justified given that obviously what I think you so get. much more than the price but but yes um, yes it's, it's moved those goalposts as well as i think what you can achieve i think you know a few years ago we'd be like my goodness the fod a, pe- a, a drive pedal where we can blend two drives i mean it was great when boss did it with jhs i agree a few years ago but you know now when we see what chase bliss can offer with the automatone it's going for two different things though isn't it what i like about the fod is like i didn't even know how to use it you know jay has clearly shown up that i didn't didn't look at the manual i plugged it in and went that's a really really good sound exactly this is just a great i i I agree i i think it's kind of the fod is like um you could see this becoming a staple standard on 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 a lot of pedal boards. Definitely, you know? and you know, not everyone is going to buy the automatone. Not only because obviously, you know, it is kind of pushing the uh, the limit on, or you know, it's, it's setting a new bar for what a, a guitar pedal might cost. Um, but also, most people don't need all those function, all that function, you know. And it's great, and you know, we're in a position well, we're, where, to, to be honest, mate, we're, we're trying to talk about what the best pedal is, not what the uh, not what the idiot's best pedal is. Well, that's you know, this but is, best, I mean, best is subjective. And what I'm saying is, you know, there's as we've talked about many times in the past, Joe, um, it's not always, you know, what has the most features or what has the, the biggest range of sound. Sometimes it's just what works best for you when you when you plug it in. Yeah. I absolutely, think, um, absolutely. What What is my, a bit mind-blowing, I think, about the, the preamp, especially when I saw it. And I must admit, you know, working for another pedal company, there is an air of jealousy. Um and I and and I think you said it, Joe. Was just like, oh, everyone thought it was about the, the faders. Or actually, the faders are just a cool way of not having pots on there. <laughs> Mate, I'd prefer um, this pedal if it did. Because have obviously, the you know, Chase Bliss have already been doing digitally controlled analog pedals for quite some time. Um, what's crazy for me is that you know the model, the num- serial number we've got here is over fourteen hundred. Yeah, and they've done that many. And they they sent this it. Year they sent this to us a month ago. You know, at seven, so they, they might not have started a one though. It's like when someone they walks in when one. I'm doing bicep curls. No, they just start um, that, oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know people, if you heard me. Yeah. <laughs> a few people said that, but then they did put a post up on their Instagram when they did number thousand and said, "I can't believe we sold a thousand right. of these." Mm. So yeah. you know, a thousand in the grand scheme of boss have sold 17 million um, obviously it doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, <laughs> a, thou- a thousand pedals at. Okay, well, well I, think, I think it's got enough kerfluffle. We've talked about um, it enough that we should highlight it on this it's list. That it's going in, that it's um, going in. But, so, the, but the pedal I, I really want to go for out of anything as, as my top pick is, is the Bias Trem because I've had one for, all, mm. you know, 10 months. Uh, I think it sounds great. I wish we could have done Gear of the Year together just so you guys could have, yeah. have heard it and plugged it in because I, I know that you would all absolutely dig it. Because I, I think, again, we're, we're, and listener, we've obviously, we, we've pointed out this year, unlike all the other years, 
I've kind of had to send, you know, some equipment we get. So maybe this is my fault for getting in touch with brands too close to when we do this. And and some releases coming out quite late, but I've had to choose which hosts I'm sending gear to. So we haven't all tried all of the gear. And one of the things that we haven't tried, we haven't all tried is the bias trim. I think only this is me a, and this Matt. Is- Joe Branton entering a new level of politicking. It's like, right, okay, this <laughs> is the result I want. Who no, can no, no. I send? No, if I was politicking, okay, I would uh, never the thing have is, sent. Is, I would the never have is, sent Jay and Mark the FOD because there is no <laughs> way in the world the FOD should be alongside some of the other drives. But it was always going to be something that the two of you liked, um, and 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 I am totally in support of that. But Are you? you know, if yeah, I, for he now, says through gritted teeth. No, no, no. For now, I'm absolutely. I'm trying to deleting be our contact details from because his phone. we can't be all there to hug afterwards. I need to sort of be supportive in my <laughs> in, in 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 my conversation more more than more than ever before. But it, I, I will say, like the you know, for for uh, Mark and Jay, the bias trend was remarkable for a, for a pedal that I wasn't especially interested in. A drive tremolo is is absolutely kind of tonally kind of what I go for, but I get that out of my amplifiers. Like I'm not really interested in the pedal that does that because I buy amps that do that. And uh, oh, excuse me. And um... <laughs> I tell you what, it's interesting. There's there's been. It feels like this has kind of been the year of the tremolo because there's been yeah. a lot of tremolos come out. Yeah. You know, the, there's the bias trim, there's the Hydra, the visitor, the, um, old blood, old, I did it again. Old blood. Old blood. <laughs> old blood. I think I'm trying to make it old rhyme. Blood. I, I, <laughs> the, the old the blood, cap. white cat, uh, black cap. Sorry. Um, the, uh, there was the Fender MTG trem. There was the MXR trim. There's loads of tremolo pedals have come out this year. People are realising that all you need is a basic trim and a basic reverb, and that will do the job for you. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, absolutely, and um, and and you know, so you know, coming back to I, I was, I was very expecting to be like, and and here's the thing: I bought the Origin FX bass compressor, and it's really expensive. It's like more expensive than anything else, and I was like, oh, this is really good, but I but it's actually not for me like i actually prefer more rubbish compressors i realized when i bought that i prefer compressors that do a less good job that are more noticeable because it was so subtle i was like it doesn't it doesn't sound like i'm cooking up and i want it to sound like i'm hitting it so hard that it that you know it doesn't know what to do That's and you could the exact opposite that. of what i want yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. But that for me, I was like, oh, I've spent a bunch of money on this pedal and it's just so studio grade. It's just, I was like, oh, Origin Effects, the PRS of effects pedals. You know, it was it was like, it's just so clean and perfect. It's not what I want. And so with the bias trem, I was very much like, this is going to be the same thing. It's going to be too sterile for me. And I plugged it in and I was like, oh, this is legitimately one of the best things I've ever tried, ever tried. Definitely the best drive tremolo combination. Um, I couldn't believe how how good this was. And I'm not surprised in the slightest. And, and uh, Mark and Jay, you should take note of this. I sent this to Matt and he almost immediately contacted on our, on our group chat with Origin Effects, he got in touch with him, was like, can I buy this? <laughs> <laughs> After a couple of days, you know, um, so it is, it, and, and Matt doesn't do that often. You, you, well, he does, what are you talking obviously. about? Matt buys pedals literally every week. 
He he does. That's true. But, you know, but some have an extra <laughs> level of passion over yeah. others. Some <laughs> some are bought out of pure boredom, and some. Uh... <laughs> so I think I think, I think how start... passionate Matt uh, Matt is about the bias trem is enough to put this through. But but let's talk about the rest of them. I also like the fact you said passionate Mac. Maybe that should be my nickname, <laughs> passionate Matt. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, the Hydra is, is really good. Uh, like I said, you know, the two that I feel most strongly about uh, the FOD and the Hydra. Um, but I kind of feel like that, you know, in terms of the Trem thing, there's too much uh, good, you know, there's too strong a feeling behind uh, the bias Trem from you and I Matt think any other year, the Keeley Hydra would have been would have been there. And like I said, yeah. I really like it. And what I think is great about it, it is quite utility in that the range of sounds from it are... Um, you know, there's a huge range of sounds because there's three very, very distinct reverbs and there's three very, very distinct trims. You can create presets, mix and matching, mixing and matching those, uh, and you can obviously, you know, use the expression pedal to control a whole bunch of stuff. I think it's a really good utility pedal. In fact, Keeley mm. described it as the the ultimate end of chain pedal, um, and I do I do kind of agree with that. But um, I, you know, I just I, I feel that you guys are too you feel too strongly about the bias trim that if we get down into an argument you know the hydra versus the bias trim i think you guys will uh probably go for the bias trim anyway so i'm not going to highlight that, that one for now okay okay um well that that puts us at three the fod the chase bliss preamp mark ii the origin effects bias trim and that leaves us with the other things to talk about being the honey badger the thorpey bunker the visitor the engine um the oc5 um the black hole and the asabi is, is there anything um, we feel as strongly about as we feel about the three that we've already highlighted? The I mean, Asabi for just, me is 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 an sorry, Jay. No, you go. I was just going to say. I mean, if we if we're discounting the Hydra, you know, based on the fact that there are other tremolos that we feel stronger about, is that the same about the Visitor? Well, the Visitor does a lot more, I think. Um, the vi- the Vista for, for me, for me it, I did get to try it. Is it is again a great utility pedal. Like I felt that it, you know there was so much stuff that you could get out of it, um, but I didn't. It didn't ignite a kind of passion in me. I don't. I, yeah, but Jay, you famously, famously dislike yeah, modulation. Exactly. Uh, sure. I'm kind of not 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 sort of taking anything Mark well, says with, on modulation. Of with course. T- oh, with well, I'll let you guys fight this one out. Well, then. If, <laughs> if it was me, I would rather have the Hydra over the. Visitor, the, my, the so Hydra my, is the other one for me. Uh, sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm, I, I was thinking I, of I, I No, no, the Hydra, the Hydra. I, I don't think we can have the Hydra and the Bias Trem for me, because my, my the, the, the Bias the Hydra, Trem uh, uh, sort of eclipsed the Hydra for me. My, my only thing about the Hydra is, I, I mean, I think it's an absolutely incredible pedal. There is so much going on with it, and undoubtedly, you know, the fact that you can have the three presets, you can, uh, you can run it in stereo, you can um, assign any of the uh, any of the features to the um, to the to a tr- uh, expression pedal. I just, I, I personally, I, I prefer in terms of pedals that do that sort of thing. I preferred like the flint and i prefer the uh tree verb I, j- I think there's other stuff out there that and you know partly that's down to me liking stuff to be extremely simple um i think the hydra is a great pedal and having the ability to switch between presets and stuff is amazing but this yeah in terms of kind of just the raw sound i think there are other things that i like more so i you know i i think it's a great pedal but i'm okay with it 
not getting through to the top five. Okay, okay. The Asabi, I think, is one to talk about. Yeah, for, I don't. Th- I don't know how much chance you guys had to, to play with as much. As, I again, as much unfortunately, as I did. this is one that I only sent to um, you, Matt, because we were and, so limited on time with it. And and I, uh, you know, for me, I'm sort of, I'm I'm just sort of weighing up a top. I, I just think Jackson Audio have been such an incredible brand this year. Yeah, I think they're a brand to. I think this is their year to start shining and start becoming a little bit more well-known. Um, they've actually been around for a while and they've had pedals that I've definitely seen on the shelf and then just gone, oh, just, I haven't really heard of that brand and we haven't really talked about it. And then it wasn't until earlier this year yeah, when they released the Golden Boy, uh, which which I bought and did rave about on the podcast, but subsequently just sort of realised the transparent drive thing's not for me. Um, you know, I like things with a little bit more sort of colour and tonal variation. And then I tried this and was like, this is everything that I loved about the um, the Golden Boy in terms of the clipping options, in terms of having MIDI, but was much more my sort of gain style. Um, and like I said, I played it when I got it and sort of got lost in it. And then today I plugged the bunker in and, and felt the same way. Um, and the, the preamp and they all, you know, the bunker does one thing, does one thing very, very well. The Asabi and the Preamp Mark II do lots of things also very, very well. They don't feel like a jack of all trades. They feel like they cover a lot of ground. And I'm really torn, really, really torn between all three of those. Um, And we're sort of already locked in the the Chase Plus Preamp. But I, I think for me... I think you guys, again, it was a shame that you couldn't put the Asabi against the FOD because for me, from what I've heard... And what I've played, I think the Asabi would have probably trumped the FOD. I agree. Um, for you guys. So I would have fought much harder for the the Asabi over the FOD in a top five. Personally, um, I think you probably would have dug it a little bit more. Um, and I, you know, I'm looking at the other ones. I mean, I think the Eventide's great. You know, obviously, I think the OC5 is is wicked, and it's you know it's great to have you know a modern octave pedal in there. Um, so I'm sort of I'm really stuck. This year has actually proven to be way harder because I feel oh I mean we're not saying that any of these pedals are bad if they're not in the top five, but I just I feel so passionate about all of them. <laughs> I'm really struggling to like make a decision to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, my weights behind the Asabi, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a very good fourth option. Um, I, I guess Mark and Jay, um, if either of you two have kind of strong feelings about a, a single pedal. Yeah, I mean, only, the, you know, like I said, the, the three that I think that we've highlighted already have the most passionate arguments behind them from the people on this podcast. The FOD, the the preamp, uh, the, sorry, the Chase Bliss preamp uh, and the bias trim to me seems like a very solid top three, probably judging by, you know, the reaction of... I think all three of you probably with the Chase Bliss at, at number one. Um, uh, potentially, yes, absolutely. Um, I think we should try and get another two into that into the top five, nonetheless. Yeah, because um, I'm, I'm still not sold on the FOD, but I didn't try it. That's the only thing. Sorry. I, I I said FOD, F-O-D. I don't know if you're supposed to say FOD or F-O-D. It's F-O-D. No, it's yeah. the Muxafud. It's fine. It's one word. Muxafud. 
The um, mix of food. Yeah, mix of food. Yeah, I mean that's the one that I I feel least passionate about. I, Me I too. Would, I would rather see the the Jackson audio in there, but it's going to be too. Two, Me two too, which two, makes that, that actually one. kind of an equal an, an equal split. Well, how about we drop the bias trem then and have the three drives as the, uh, the, <laughs> no. the well. The thing is, the origin the, the revival trem is is more of a drive than it is a trem. That's the interesting thing is it's actually a way more versatile drive than I think it is a tremolo, but it is incredibly touch sensitive and and dynamic um and to be honest if i built a pedal board i'd probably have all three of those on my board which would be totally <laughs> overkill um i think oh, i don't know i really i really don't know um i mean I, I i think mark is is right in some ways i definitely think we should have a top five um i think if i was going to put one other in there if I was going to fill out my top five with another two, I'd put the Asabi and, and Thorpey Bunker because they're the ones that I've I've really tried. Uh, OC5, obviously. You know how I feel about Boss. Um, hate it. Hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, I'd probably put those in there. With I mean, the if OC5. we're looking for if we're looking for another one, the Visitor for me is is the one. You know, it's it's a great modulation pedal for people who. Uh, don't use a huge amount of modulation you know you it's, you can you can switch between your three main modulations in tremolo chorus and phaser yeah you don't have to do anything mad if you don't want to because you can have the secondary control basically turned all the way off um and that that would cut you back to you know just just one of the one of the three primary modulation controls and so you can switch between your phaser your chorus and your tremolo but if you do want something a little bit more mad then you've got the option to bring in the secondary in tremolo parallel. or chorus in, in parallel, parallel to uh, like just bring in a more another kind of weird sound. I I think it's a great you know if we talk we've we've used the term utility a lot. I think it's a great utility pedal for people who wouldn't necessarily want to go the whole hog and you know you're not going to go down and get like a an MD two hundred or you're not going to get a uh, wait MD two hundred is that the modulation yeah MD two hundred yeah. uh five hundred five hundred two hundred there is a two hundred two hundred or the Mobius or you know the um Wampler Terraform if you don't want to go down the route of having something in which we didn't talk about actually that's probably what? should have talked to Terraform, Terraform last year was it last yeah. year okay yeah. did we talk about it last year yes yeah. we did I believe. Oh, okay, fine. Well, it, you know, if you don't want to go down the route of having those and you don't have the real estate to go and have, uh, you know, one of each, I think the Visitor is a great pedal. It's uh, it's really, really cool. And if we were looking for another thing to, to kind of round up the top five, that would be my yeah. pick for sure. Well, Mark has raised an interesting point. Like, uh, actually, uh, you know, a, a top five isn't uh, <laughs> a kind of a part of our final proceedings, only the two runners-up and the winner. The reason we have a top five is so that we can work out, you know, so that we can boil it down. But one thing is true about the, the effects pedals is it does feel like there have been, the whilst there were lots to talk about, the strong opinion ones really did boil down to the bias trem, the preamp Mark II, the FOD. I do feel like, you know, the 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 bias trem was, fun, you know, predominantly just me and Matt being very vocal about it. And, and in which case, the Asabi has the same thing. We were both pretty, you know, on board with that. 
but I kind of feel like we don't have to come up with a top three if uh, top five if we're just sort of trying to work out what ones we disagree with most. Our, our aim is to get to a, a top two and a, a one. So I, yeah, I, I mean, think, I, I um, think that. Uh, sorry, Mark. Go on. Oh no, go on, Matt. You go. Um, like I said, I've, re- I've I'm really struggling. I think everything on this list is absolutely killer, and the things I haven't tried, I think you guys have explained it really, really well. Um, and I, and I think yeah, we should probably just be going for a, what's our number one? Which I think, uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people would have guessed it. And it's it's interesting that, um, and I'm guessing we're going to talk about listeners' choice at some point. Is not um, wasn't mentioned as much as I thought it might be. Um, but for Once, me, I, in fact, yeah, Once. I, I, one person I, mentioned this. In I think the choice. preamp, and I, and I think less people are going to try the preamp because it is expensive and it is out of a lot of people's reach. But I like the fact that it's they're doing something different. Um, they're collaborating more, which I, I like as a brand. I think it is the next step for the brand as well. And obviously we've seen the CXM 78, which is their reverb. And um, yeah, it's, it's not a gimmick. I, and, I, and, you know, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and go, I just thought it was a massive gimmick. And there was, yeah, definitely an air of jealousy, you know, like I said, working for another pedal brand. And then I plugged it in and was like, the second time round with a proper power supply. <laughs> and um, it was just like, I get it. And it does loads. You know, and I think actually, you know, there's a great video uh, from that pedal show where they basically managed to mimic like seven other famous drives, including like a clon and stuff, all that in terms of that pedal. So um, for me, I think it's just, it's an amazing studio tool. Like you say, Joe, how many people are going to use it live? Well, I I can't imagine it's going to be on loads and loads of pedal boards, but I think it's going to start opening the doors to a lot more. Um, and well, not I just say, if Bliss. I can buy one of those, the fader covers, the plastic fader covers for them, then I'll play it live. I'm just, I'm, I'm, su- and I'm, you know, it's made me having tried this. I'm, I'm super, super excited for the reverb now. Super excited to try the, uh, the reverb. So, how would you guys feel then about, you know, I guess what we've been walking through, you know. Try as hard as I could to get the Asabi in there over the FOD, but I, I think that would be rude for me to push any harder. How do we feel about the uh, the Chase Bliss preamp Mark II in first with the bias trim and the MXR FOD coming in runners up this year? No, I think the FOD should be top. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any, anybody second in me? Second in me there? <laughs> yeah, go on uh, then. Let's put oh that well, on. if it's second, <laughs> okay. I guess that's it then, everyone. So the MXR FOD in first, and no, I, I don't I, know. Like, uh, should we just put some? Should we just put the flipping Amazon pedals in second and third? Should we just do that? Yeah, great. Oh, I didn't Ooh. realize they'd done some. They got they got a good sounding reverb in there by any chance? <laughs> Actually, I don't really care about reverbs. They got a good drive in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what do we think, guys? How how do you feel about the Chase Bliss Automatone preamp in first with the MXR FOD and um, the Origin FX bias trem in runners up for this year? That sounds sounds good to, me. good to me. Yeah. Wow, wow. I d- you know it's it's not as fun when we can't sort of slap each other. Um, 
Well, I think but, you would have tried that. That's what, to that's get what the, you say. The, if, like, if we were in person, that, you would have tried that to get the Jackson audio in. But I think as we're uh, all remotely, you know so that good. Jay and I won't give up that fight for the I FOD. Think, um, <laughs> well, but also, I think it's important to remember that like you lot are my mates, and I like just mm. talking about the gear. Joe, oh, yeah. you're the one that wants it to be an argument. You're the one that want, you're the one that's always pushing it to be a fist fight. Joe, you are the problem with I, right. I'm getting in I my know. car. I'm going to your house now. I, know. I was uh, I was me. I was having having dinner with my girlfriend. And Emma and she was like, "Hey, oh, you're looking forward to the Gear of the Year podcast this evening?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's the effects one. So I really want the uh, the automaton to win, but I've got a feeling that Mark and Jay are going to push for this really average punk rock drive pedal that MXR made this year. You're unbelievable. So I I was like, so I figure I'm going to have to sacrifice something. I don't know what it's going to be. I've like the Asabi, the Bias Trem. One of those two is going to have to be sacrificed for me to get my way with the winner." And, uh, she and was, at that point, she, you realised that she had uh, just moved on to something <laughs> far more interesting. She was like, "Oh, I thought you, I thought you enjoyed the podcast." I was like, "Not the gear of the year. <laughs> Not the gear of the year." I um, I think all the pedals this year are winners. Yeah, everyone's a winner, Matt. That is what we um, always need to say at the end of these. Apart from yeah. Joe, he's obviously a loser for <laughs> his entire life. Yeah. Everyone and- else is a winner. <laughs> Can, yes. I, I, and I just uh, I want to add in that unfortunately there was no best other thing. I, I guess we sort of talked what? accessories. We did best uh, other thing. No. That was literally the category name from last uh, from yesterday. No, it's accessories. No, we, we it's called accessories on this document, but I changed its name to other thing. Oh, well, there was something released that we didn't we didn't put on there, which I know would have been a massive hit with you, Joe Branton. Yes, I know um, what you're going to talk about was the John Mayer Casio G-Shock collaboration. Yes. <laughs> uh, they sold out, I think, in something like three minutes or something ridiculous. Um, yeah, shame we couldn't talk about that. No, yeah. Definitely give it the grand definitely prize now. The, the, sweep the gear of the, the decade. The perfect product to throw off of the top of a building. And it wouldn't break because it's a G-Shock, so, you know. <laughs> um, Joe, is it so the- you're right, Joe. It really would be the best... Uh, gear of this year decade century and to throw off the top of i, the I actually thought you were going to talk about the thingamagig um oh is that the amazon the, alexa multi-effects yeah, the multi-effects that you can use with alexa no, yeah no, let's just stop this right now <laughs> joe is it, is it the base podcast tomorrow uh, so tomorrow, dear listener, yes, it is the base episode. So in base, we are going to we're actually going to crown uh, we're going to crown three things in in base. So we're going to do base, we're going to do effects, and we're going to do amplifier uh, as well, all separately. Um, and then the day after that, uh, we, the original team, will be back for the final, where we will be choosing the best piece of equipment the best thing of 2020 um as well as talking about the uh 2020's best product of 2019 um as well as talking about the listener's choice so we will be currently um choosing between well we're in a dead heat currently in guitars so don't give it away don't give it away well people have already listened to guitars Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, I thought you were talking about the listener's choice. 
No, 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 no. Listeners' Crikey, choice. Next, I don't next know thing, the, so, uh, Joe. So, next thing you'll be telling me the Chase Bliss preamp has won the pedal section. <laughs> so um, we don't know listeners' choice. Actually, no one does because Facebook's polling system went down today. So it looks like it's lost all the information, <laughs> and I might have to put it up again. So Sweet. H- hopefully, it will be back by tomorrow, and we'll actually have some results. But right now, you can only see one option on the poll, and uh, that you know, so it's it's no use. Um, but uh, but um, we've got a dead heat for guitars, so we're going to be considering a whole bunch of guitars. Um, we have the um, the the Spark, the which which won best amplifier, the Positive Grid Spark, the Automatone, which has won uh, best effects pedal, and the Two Notes Captor X, which has won best accessory. And as is customary, we do also consider the runners up. So we will have the Milkman. The Boss Nextone, the Bias Trem, the MXR FOD, the Chox Power Supply, and the Neural DSP Corey Wong plugin will also be being considered for best product of 2020. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Let alone considering 2020's best product of 2019. The best category. Of course to see you know and i assume it's going to continue to be the squire vintage modified base six <laughs> well, yeah. 2020's best product of 2013 <laughs> yes exactly but uh, but yes thank you very much for tuning in dear listener um we'll be back tomorrow i'll be back tomorrow with the uh, with jd short and naomi mcleod the two bass guitar nerds hosts to fight out the bass category and then uh, the day after that the finale so do look forward to that and uh we'll be back very soon with more of this guitar nerdery farewell cheers Bye. gang <laughs>